Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. As we've been reporting, the death of 22-year-old Gabby Petito is being investigated as a homicide. We begin with the latest on the search to find Brian Laundrie, the only person of interest in the homicide death of Gabby Petito. Welcome back, creeps. It's the Case Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. And I'm Charity. Wow, what a week we have had. This has been absolutely crazy. We have had a bunch of people reach out to us. So if you want to reach out to us as well, it's Case Watch Podcast on Facebook. Got some call outs here. Uh, Jason and Tassie, which is pretty awesome. Very awesome. Can I can I yell out the next one? Because it's so exciting. Yeah, this is actually pretty cool. Guys, Go ahead. Guys, there's, there's another charity in the world. And she and her husband, Mark, actually, we want to do a call out to them. Because they messaged us, and that is very exciting. Yeah, not only to have a charity, but a mark and a as mark. well. Birdie, Mary, and Sarah. Well, thank you for reaching out to us on the show. It's awesome. So, Mark, our crime creeps are on the case. Oh, they are. They are. Um, they're writing in with new info, possibly. They're listening. They're reading up, and they're out to help. And it, I just think it's absolutely fantastic. Oh, I do as well. It's like I said before, it's people who are listening to this stuff that's going to make a huge difference in the outcome of this case. Um, Let's start off right there, right off the bat. I mean, unfortunately, Gabby's untimely death has led to the closure for another family, though. 46-year-old Robert Lowry from Houston, Texas, was located in the Bridger Teton National Forest during a search on September 28th. Mr. Lowry had traveled from Houston on August 19th to explore Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and he failed to return. The widespread news coverage of the Gabby Petito search did help bring light to Lowry's case and resulted in at least two members of the public calling local authorities this past weekend with new information about his possible last seen point. The cause of his death is under investigation. So as sad as this is, it just goes to show that when people come together and they are working towards finding somebody or something, it does lead to other findings. And this poor family has needed closure as well. So as sad as it is that they found him and he had already passed on, at least the family now has a little closure and maybe some insight as to what happened to him. Oh, absolutely. It's better to know where somebody is than to not. Having the closure, I think, is going to help them move forward from here. Absolutely. In other case news, Free Britney 
Mark, can I read a little bit about this one? Because I'm Oh, really... absolutely. Go right so ahead. So guys, Brittany is awesome. Okay. I've been following this since she kind of had that little incident way back when, where things were kind of a little rocky. And back then when her father took over her conservatorship, it looked like it was a good idea, right? Well, it's been years and years later. So right now, the newest development is she has finally scored a huge win in her quest to dissolve her 13 year conservatorship. Can you imagine 13 years? You're a grown woman with children. The court finally ruled her father, Jamie P. Spears, was to be suspended at once as a conservator. Judge Brenda Penny told the court the current situation is not tenable. The judge also ordered control of all of Spears' assets to be turned over to a court-appointed temporary conservator. A certified public accountant named John Zebel, I believe, Judge Penny further maintained that her ruling is not appealable. Thank goodness. I mean, unbelievable that it had to come to this. Unbelievable. This, I actually watched her entire statement where she revealed what she's been going through all these years and things that they've made her do. And maybe this is, maybe we can actually talk about this case on like a, you know, a special or something, because even though it's not, I mean, you could consider it a crime, I guess. I I think it was definitely a crime against her rights. Absolutely. Exactly. So that would fall into our crime creep situation. Absolutely. Well, we're officially, we are case watch. We sure are. And this is a case. Absolutely. Uh, Boy, so how has your week been? My week has actually been pretty, pretty good, pretty uneventful, um, which is a good thing. Status quo works been good. I went for a nice hike this week, which was nice. So yeah, it's been good. How about you, Mark? Ah, well, I mean, watching the numbers on the podcast download has been unbelievable. Unbelievable. We thank cannot, you. Oh, we cannot thank you guys enough. It's absolutely unbelievable. Something that we decided to just, we were passionate about and let's talk about it. And other people are interested in it as well. We actually would talk about crime together just in general. So to be able to do it and have other people listen and enjoy and want to help has been fantastic. And thank you for all the information you send us because we do update our timeline and research off a lot of the stuff that you actually send. So it does help out a lot. Yeah, this day though, this day has been stressful. So it's been one thing after another on my end. We had just bought a new car and my girlfriend had just left and come back with a nail on the tire. Oh, And of course it's all wheel drive. The worst. Yeah. So now it's brand new. It's got like a hundred miles on it and the dealership doesn't have time to put a tire on it. Well, of course not. Nobody else will put a tire on it because they want to put four on it because it's all wheel drive. So that's been a, that's been my Saturday morning. So it's been absolutely amazing on my end, but now we get to sit down here and talk case news. So that adds a little bit of fun to my day, but we do have some timeline updates. So here we go. On 8-17, Brian flew back to Florida from Salt Lake International Airport. Brian's family put out a statement that Brian and his family were cleaning out a storage unit that belonged to Gabby and Brian. Gabby stayed at the Fairfield Inn in Salt Lake until 8-23. We know that Brian and Gabby left Salt Lake on 8-24, stopped in Ogden, Utah for a photo shoot of Gabby's last Instagram photo holding a pumpkin. Then on 8-25, Gabby told her mom that they were headed to the Tetons. 8.26, Gabby and Brian made it to Ashton, Idaho and stopped in a gift shop. The store clerk gave an interview here in Utah about their interaction. 
On 827 between 1 and 3, Gabby and Brian ate at the Mary Piglet's Mexican restaurant. Like we reported in the previous episode, it's located at 160 North Cash Street in Jackson, Wyoming. This is where the reports of Brian arguing over the food bill. And that was the night at 6 p.m. That's the video that we see where the YouTuber drives past their van where it's parked on the side of the road. And that was the same night where the text came through from Gabby's phone that says no service in Yosemite. Very interesting. And we uh, actually have some timeline additions. September 4th, Brian purchased a new phone at AT AT&T. The FBI now has that phone. So September 6th through the 8th, the Laundry family stayed at Fort De Soto Campground Site 001 Waterfront. This was about 75 miles from their home. Their lawyer, Bertolino, I believe is how you pronounce it, has said Brian and his family were at the campground September 6th through the 7th and that they left the campground together. Dog the Bounty Hunter stated that surveillance cameras at the campground gate show three people checking in and only two checking out, which is something we're going to be talking about, hopefully. Oh, that is interesting. I'm looking forward to that. The weekend of September 10th, this was the last weekend that a neighbor of the laundries, Karen Alberts, says that she saw Brian Laundry at this home. So September 14th through the 17th, Brian's parents have said they last saw him leaving their home with a backpack on September 14th and that he said he was going to a nearby sprawling nature reserve. The parents told police this on September 17th, three full days after he allegedly left. Interesting. Very interesting. Hey, Mark, can we go back for a second to the reports that said Brian was actually in Florida from August 17th to the 23rd, helping his father clean out he and Gabby storage unit? Absolutely. Because that's really strange. Uh, Um, You have more info on that? A little bit. I researched a little bit. And my personal question is, what was the rush? What was so important that he needed to leave this cross-country trip that he and his girlfriend slash fiance had planned for however long and had exact areas where they were going to go and what would force him to leave her there? Why wouldn't he, she go with him and help? It's just, it's a very confusing thing. And in fact, Gabby's mother, Nicole has said that she is very suspicious about this and um, why it was necessary for him to clean out the unit in the middle of the trip. And she also wants to know where the fuck Gabby's shit is. Oh, she doesn't know. She has no idea. Yeah. That is odd. And nobody's really talking about it on the internet. I've tried to research, find out this poor family is still, there's so many answers they're not getting. Gabby's stuff that's missing is stuff that this family should have. They don't have their daughter anymore. At least give them her stuff that was in storage. Where did it go and why did you move it? Yeah, and if he was there from the the 17th to the 23rd, I mean, it wouldn't be for cleaning it out because- it was going to get closed down. Storage units bill you on the first of the month. So it's not like, oh, I have to have it out now. And just leaves her in the hotel, hanging out, whatever. Very strange. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. That That is interesting. Very interesting. And I, I'm hoping that we can find more information on this because it's just so rando. Like, oh, hey, by the way, I'm going to, um, my dad just called and there's an emergency at home. The storage unit that we've had our stuff in for like however long now needs to be moved out triple immediately. Yeah, that's, yeah, let me have you stay in a hotel and I'm just going to fly back and take care of stuff. I'll be back. No big deal. Yeah, that is very, very odd. 
Guys, let us know what you think about this. And if you have read or find any other information on this, please let us know because I am at a loss and very confused as clearly is Gabby's poor family. So. Yeah, because if you look at the timeline that we just presented back, so Brian got back on the 23rd. That is only three days from when that last text of no service in Yosemite came through. There's not a lot of time there. And it was also after that interesting situation, whatever it may have been at that restaurant also. Yeah, because literally they got back, headed to the Tetons, and then two days later, she's gone. Yep. Yeah, there's something else going on there. That That's very odd. I really, really wish that the uh, laundries would come out and say a little something going on. From what I hear, though, there's a lot going on with their the statement that was given from a, one of the family members, the sister, Cassie. Yes. It's kind of bullshit. So do you have any information so, on that? I do. Brian's sister, um, I don't know if you remember in um, the pat, one of the past episodes, I actually spoke the statement that she made. Yeah, it um, had that, that really nice quote in yeah. there about- you know, hopefully this is just all a big mistake. It's just a no misunderstanding. Oh, yeah, misunderstanding. Mis- yeah. There's reports. Not only did Brian's sister see him, apparently he drove by her house when he got home by himself. There's also reports that she spent one day camping with them. Now this is not confirmed. This is just what is being said on the internet. And if that is the case and she is the person that was seen and other people have reported that she saw him, he came by her house, then she did indeed lie at that press conference when they asked her questions. And she said, I do not know because I have not seen or talked to my brother. Yeah, kind of odd that the laundry seemed to have started out to show that they're not exactly honest in their statements. Um, Mark, I think we might have an entire family of douchebags. Yeah, we got to make room on the dartboard, that's for sure. Mark, I think we need more than one dartboard. We definitely do. Also, I just want to take a minute to play some audio that one of our listeners, Sarah, had pointed out to me that I had missed during the Moab police encounter. And it's kind of eerie when you go back and look at it now. The reason why they don't give us discretion on these things is because too many times women who are at risk want to go back to their abuser. They just wanted him to stop and they don't want to have to be separated. They don't want him charged. They don't want him to go to jail. And then they end up getting worse and worse uh, treatment and then they end up getting killed. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of eerie when you go back and like listen to that now. It's almost, a, you know, a premonition. That's really interesting. That is Wow. All right, moving on. Let's talk about cell phones because there is a lot of confusion with cell phones. Yeah, there's like cell phones that aren't there and then they surprisingly appear out of thin air. And ones that are bought and lost. Yeah. Yeah, so let's drill right down here. Yeah, let's let's do that. So Brian's attorney, Stephen Bertolino, confirmed that the 23-year-old bought a new cell phone on September 4th. This was only three days after he returned to Florida without his fiance, Gabby. Bertolino said that Brian left the new phone at home when he went for his hike, in quotations, on September 14th and never returned. But the attorney said it is unsure what happened to Laundry's old phone. What do you think of that, Mark? Yeah, that that's definitely, that. that's definitely interesting because he very clearly states in the Moab incident that I don't have a phone. He does. And I actually have some quotations from that. Would you like me to read it? Because I find it very interesting. Please do, Charity. So he says to the officer, I was holding on to the keys because I didn't want to go anywhere. And my big fear is I don't have my phone. I don't have a phone. So if she goes off without me, I'm on my own. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, that's definitely interesting because not long after that, he pulls a phone out of his pocket in front of the police officers. Well, Mark, it was approximately 40 minutes later and the police were actually preparing to take Brian to the hotel that they so graciously paid for for him. And the officer asked him for his cell phone number and Brian pulled his cell phone miraculously out of his pocket. But this portion of the body camera footage was redacted because I guess at the time they didn't find it pertinent to the video. Well, he probably was giving his cell phone number so they didn't want that in the video. Oh, that's a good point. So it's unclear what, what Brian said to the officers. But then another shocking thing is that five minutes after that, when the officer asked Gabby if there was anything she wanted to say to Brian before they separated for the evening, in quotations, she says, make sure he doesn't forget a phone charger. Hmm. And I can guarantee 100% that he wasn't holding Gabby's phone because when the officers went back to the car, Gabby was on her cell phone talking to her parents. Correct. There's a lot of weird phone stuff going on and there's a long drive from where they were to where he ended up in Florida and a lot of burner phones that could have been bought in the process. So my other question is the burner phones. Yes. I would like to know if the phone that he, the old, old phone that he had, the one that, you know, surprise popped out of his pocket by itself. I want to know if that was a burner phone. And I want to know if her phone was a burner phone. And if not, I want to know the pings. And I know some of these campgrounds do not have good service or almost no service at all. And I also had heard, and I don't know if this is true, that if it was an Apple phone, they needed like clearance from Apple itself or something. I had vaguely remember reading that. I don't know if you read that. I didn't read that, but that does sound familiar that they would need some sort of warrant. But whereas the FBI is involved and this is now an active murder investigation, I don't see where that would even be an issue. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. A lot of sketchy stuff. I, this laundry family, it just amazes me with the douchebaggery that follows them around. That is a fantastic new word that you just created. Oh, I've been using that word forever. Douchebaggery. Oh. That is fantastic. That's, that's better than asshat. Yeah, that's that's the verbiage. It's acting in douchebaggery. Right. You know what I kind of want to go back to, Mark? I'd like to go back to the statement that Brian's parents made when they said the last time they saw him leaving their home was with a backpack on September 14th. And he said he was going to a nearby sprawling nature reserve. You know, this boy, because I'm saying boy for a reason, not a man. This boy, Brian, you know, doesn't know where his fiance slash girlfriend is. Police scrutiny, FBI, every, everything on him. He's just, he's going to go for a hike because I think he feels stressed. And the other thing is, is the way the statement comes off is like, oh yeah, you know, he just walked by us with a backpack. Yeah, that's the last time we saw him. He, he, he was wearing his backpack and poof, that that's it. Yeah, there, there's so much, like I said, that doesn't make sense with any of this stuff. I mean, if that was my kid, it, it took three days for them to even go grab his car that they knew right where it was, which is odd as well, because that's that's they a knew little, right where it was. Yeah, that's real. I mean, of course, I'm sure they had maybe they had GPS on him or the vehicle. I mean, very possible. And if I was his parents, I'd be a little frantic if my kid was gone for three days and I couldn't get in touch with him, knowing that all of this is going on. It's just very odd to me. And I also would be extremely, again, these parents sound just as nonchalant as our friend douchebag. You know, yeah, well, whatever. His life, his backpack. We don't know anything. It seems to me like maybe they know a little more that we don't. I think that you and I, Mark, can make a speculation that that is a very probable situation. Yeah, just a speculation. We can't say that they know more. We would never say that. 
because we don't know. But it does seem to me like they definitely do know something more than they have let on. That's for sure. I'm going to go ahead and say, not only is it suspicious, it's also fucking creepy. I I just really want to know at what point that the, the authorities are just going to drag them in and be like, yo, what the fuck is going on? Right. And what have they already told the FBI and what they, what have they not already told the FBI? Because they, the FBI did take them in and question them. Yeah, I agree. I don't think we'll get any information from the FBI because it's obviously they're trying to protect the investigation the best they can. But from the outside looking in, I mean, all answers go through these parents at this point. And if they're unwilling to help the investigation, there's not much that we're going to do until, unfortunately, we find Brian, I think. I think so. And I was actually speaking on the case with some clients today just during my my shift. And unfortunately, some points were brought up. Even if they do find him and they do bring him in, who's to say he's really going to tell anyone the truth? That's the other part that makes me sad. Oh, he ain't going to say anything. He's a douchebag. So he's going to try to make a story that doesn't make him look as douchey as I think we can all say he is. All right. That about wraps it up for this week. I want to thank you for listening. As always, reach out to us on our Facebook page, Case Watch Podcast. I love reading your comments. Charity does as well. We got a lot of interesting stuff for next episode. And anything you want to add, Charity? Actually, yeah, Mark. So I think we all know that we're in October and uh, Halloween is this month. And there have actually been some pretty, some high profile, some under the radar crimes and or murders that occurred on a Halloween evening. So I think it would be fun to do a couple episodes this month, maybe telling the stories of a couple of those crimes. And if any of you out there, any of you fellow creeps have any suggestions for us, I would be delighted. Oh, I'm in. This sounds great. Sounds awesome. So before we go, Mark, I do just want to say again, the family of Gabby Petito is accepting donations still for the future Gabby Petito Foundation. And it's through the Johnny Mac Foundation. It is the actual real site. So you just go to johnnymacfoundation.org, put in Gabby Petito. If you want to help the family at all in any way, big or small, that would be amazing. Excellent. We'll see you next week. Bye. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.